Welcome back to a brand new episode of Learning As I Go. I am gassed to be back in the studio with another incredible guest. But before I do, I just want to say thank you to everybody supporting the podcast so far. It's gone crazy and that's testament to you guys, so thank you. Also, a big shout out to anybody who's already jumped on the British Triathlon race with me in July in Sunderland. We're going to do this together and it's going to be one hell of a journey. But today I'm introducing Alex Bowen. So me and Alex did Love Island together in 2016 and he's created an incredible life for himself ever since the show. But there are so many layers to this guy and today he's going to be talking about things he's never talked about before. So please sit back, tune in and listen to another life lesson with Learning As I Go. Alex, man, welcome to Learn As I Go, bro. Thank you so much for being man, here. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's special for me, Alex, because like we don't obviously don't talk all the time, yeah. but we'll always have that connection to that yeah, experience. Course, yeah. And you have literally been a dream Love Island story in terms of the fact that you are now still with Liv, uh, Olivia yeah. Bowen, for anyone who, who doesn't know. And you've got a beautiful baby boy, Abel. So you have literally been through the whole Love, Love Island experience. You got married, you've had a beautiful family, and you're still here to tell a tale, which is rare in the Love Island world of today. Talk to me about that experience for you, like going into Love Island, because you were a scaffolder before that, right? Yeah, so do you know what? It's actually a funny story. So before Love Island started, I was scaffolding. I, was, I did my PT job, stuff like that. I never really knew what I wanted to do growing up. And then I, my friend Joe got me a job scaffolding. And as I was going to work one day, Jay, who owns Jim King, right? He messaged me saying, oh, do you want some free clothes? Like just the Jim King stuff. And this was before like the influencer thing was like a thing. And I was like, free clothes? Yeah, buzzing, let's get them. And then as I clicked on the website, he messaged me again saying, oh, do you want to like model for us? I was like, okay. Um, and then at the time, I couldn't even afford to get to London to go on the shoot. I was so embarrassed. Like I was only a kid at the time, but I was like, Leon Scott was there, Alex Cannon was there, and these were people. The that OGs, are, the yeah, OGs. they was the original ones that modeled for like Six Silk and all stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this would be like an amazing opportunity. And then I went there, and I remember the first day I got there, the first thing they said, I was first behind the camera, and they went, oh, there's a new kid on the block. And I was like, that just gassed me up when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, this is unreal. And then Jay from Jim King said, you're not going to be a scaffolder this time next year. And then I got on Love Island, and that was it. Wow. So, yeah. that, so your life, like, literally changed overnight. I think you were the first person to get to... You had the most followers. Yeah. You were the first person to get to a million followers. Yeah, Live Over took me straight away. Yeah, but off the back <laughs> of one show, for me, you've always remained you. You've always yeah. remained the Alex that I met when you first went in there. You were very much a Jack the Lad. You looked unbelievable. You were in great shape. You had you had tats and everything else. And I just thought he's a bit of a... If I'm honest, I'm going to say I thought he was a bit of a wronging. Like, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? And I was proved so wrong because you were such a lovely, humble, unassuming guy. Yeah. And... You were one of the ladies' favourites in there and everything else, and you never let it go to your head or anything else. You were always just a normal lad, and you've managed to stay that same person mm. to this day. But talk to me about what kind of headspace you were in before you went into the villa and how it was like when you came out. When I went in the show, obviously, I knew that they wanted a Jack the Lad type of person, mm. so I played it up a little bit, even mm. though that's not really how I was. Mm. Uh, but when I was in there, that's when I could kind of like try show my true self. Um, yeah, and obviously being in this kind of like this industry for like six years, 
I don't know the reason why we've actually kept strong, me and Liv, whether it's because we're a couple and we're together and we're still getting work and jobs for stuff like that. But I just feel like anyone that gets to go on that show and then come off, they should be grateful for everything that they get. Like I'm nice to like the makeup artist, mm. the cameraman, like I'll, I'll have a conversation with anyone. And I think that like helps in the long run with mm. your career and stuff. So mm. I think one thing that really stood out about you and Liv when you came out is you just removed yourself from all the bullshit. Yeah, like, man. In this industry, everyone kind of has to play the game a little bit. Like, oh, I want to be friends with this person because it might help me here. And it yeah, might I hate you. Yeah, whereas if you and Liv, you know what? Fair play to you. You just went, you know what? We're together. Yeah. We love each other. We're going to remove ourselves from that situation. You didn't play the fake game. You just stay true to who you were. Mm. You are. And I think in the, the whole influence world, when you do do that, when you stick to who you are and you don't try to sell out and... That's when you have longevity. Yeah, do, definitely. do you find that? Yeah, I feel like you've just got to be real within yourself. And you know, like the influencer word, I hate it. Oh, I'm not influencer. Like what? Because I I wear some clothes and you want to buy it. So that's what not you... influence. It's kind of, if you if you if you're a real influencer, it's someone that's like I don't know, changing your life for the better, like motivating you, changing mm. like your physical, like your health or whatever. Like David Goggins, for example, mm. I'd say he's more of an influencer than anyone. Right. But someone that just like I don't know, is putting a picture online of like selling clothes for a company. Mm. It's not really influencer. So you come out of Love Island, right? And you got married pretty... You got married pretty... Wait a second. When did you propose? It was pretty soon, right? It was right? like two months after, I think. Wow. Yeah. Did you feel the pressure at the time to do that a little bit? Nah, not no. at all. I, I bought the ring and I was going to do it like a year later. Mm. So I just seen the ring that Liv showed me that she loved. And I was like, I could just... I messaged my best friend Ty and he was like, Don't, why wait a year? Just do it now. Mm. So we was in this like mad, crazy journey together. And then as soon as we left and we did that, was it the reunion show, whatever? Yeah. I was in the car on the way back and I literally just left Liv for the first time. I was halfway home and I was a bit upset and I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to take the plunge and just mm. like move to Essex straight away. Wow. And it just kind of like snowballed and all happened really fast. But yeah, I just felt like that it, it being in Love Island, yeah, it's, we was in there for like, what, six weeks was mm. we? I was in there for like five. It feels like six months. Oh, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like when, when you're in the outside world on a real date or you're meeting someone for six months, you're meeting what, twice a week? We was in there 24 hours a day. No same, phone, same no bed. nothing. Like not being able to like go away if you're having an argument. You're stuck to solve all your problems and all your issues and that. And I feel like that just like made us grow quicker. So mm. I don't really think it was like a speedy thing to do to get married, mm. really. I felt like, if I'm honest, Alex, you matured so quickly from being on that show to then obviously the years that kind of followed. I felt like you grew up as a person. Do you feel like Liv kind of brought that out in you and that yeah. kind of helped you? I mean, Liv would probably say different. But oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I feel, I feel like I have. I feel like I had to grow up really. So obviously it was always just like me and my mom and I was a bit of a mommy's boy kind mm. of thing. And then like I moved, that was the first time I'd actually moved away. I was still living at my mom's. Mm. So I feel like that just made me grow up. And obviously Liv keeps me grounded. Liv keeps me on my toes as well. Mm. Um, and yeah, she's the one that's been my rock really. Mm. Yeah, you can, that, sh that shines through as well. Has it always been like this fairy tale like relationship? Because I know, listen, I watch you and Liv all the time. And yeah. every single person I speak to, like in, in my team at the social PR and everything else, like you are pretty much everybody's favorite couple because you just seem so real and it seems yeah. so like... But I'm guessing like behind closed doors, it's not always perfect. And I think sometimes, I don't know, I might be wrong here. Do you sometimes feel the pressure to be the perfect couple? Um, I just feel like that's all noise, really. Yeah. Like, it's nice when people like say, oh, you couple goals or whatever and stuff like that. Yeah. It's nice to hear. But then we're just a normal couple. Mm. We don't post our arguments on Instagram. Mm. We argue, we bicker, like... But like that's... like if If it was all like nice and sunshine all the time, like we wouldn't really like... 
we won't really have a fun relationship. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like you learn and have a good relationship from your problems that you've had over have, over the course of your relationship. So we're just like any other normal couple, really. Mm. So talk to me about the highs for you. Like you're coming out of Love Island. What were the kind of pinch me moments where you were just like, is this actually happening? Like, because it has been a roller coaster of a, of a ride. So, like, what kind of moments stood out for you where you went, how's this actually happening? Like, in terms of yeah. like the life you were living. Do you know what? I still feel like that now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. Like, like I said, I like the easy, simple life, really. Yeah. All this other stuff that come along, I'm just grateful for it all. So, mm. obviously, we've done like, you know, all the red carpet premieres and that. And like yeah. Idris Elba's like standing next to you and stuff. And I'm just like, this is so weird. Why am I here? Mm. Like a little lad from Wolverhampton. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'm a bit like you. Like, I know what it was like to be the unfamous brother. Like, mm. I used to take pictures of my brothers and everything else. So, I yeah. appreciate every picture that someone asked me for. Exactly. I appreciate every free piece of clothing that I get or anywhere I go because I know kind of how lucky we are. And I think that's been a massive part of my journey, really, just making mm. sure that I stay true to that as well. And I think you've yeah. done that massively. Talk to me again about some of the lows then over the like the journey as well because it's not always been sunshine and roses like you said like people sometimes will look at someone like you and go he's living a perfect life he's living a dream is there any kind of like cons that have come with being this kind of person in the public eye for you oh definitely like like even coming here today i was nervous like mm. about anxiety but i got to a stage like i was coming out doing all these appearances at clubs and stuff like that and like to go from no one to then being in a club and all these girls and that are like queuing up to have pictures with you and everyone staring at you and stuff. And I was kind of like, this is freaking me out. And I felt mm. like I needed to have a drink mm. to feel normal. Mm. And I got into a rut where I was drinking pretty much every night. And I remember like losing like, like a stone and a half in like a couple of weeks. Mm. And my mum and that come to visit and we went for like food and I wasn't even in the room. Mm. Like I was just gone. And that's when I realized I had to treat all the PAs and all this as work, it's not fun. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I kind of lost myself for a little bit. And it's kind of like, you know, when you're walking around town and you're shopping and you feel like someone's looking at you. I was always like turning around, like looking at someone. Mm. like, I always felt on edge. Mm. And that really affected me like over the years. Yeah, that's interesting because I would say I'm a little bit of an extrovert. I'm also a bit of an introvert in a weird way because I do like mm. to get away from it all. But with you though, you weren't necessarily, the one thing I respect about you is like, you didn't need to be the loudest guy in the room. Like you were just literally who you are, but you always made a, pre like you always mm. have a presence when you walk into a room. But at the same time, is I, I'll, I'll be honest, I kind of love the attention, like in terms of, I don't know why, I don't know if it's validation or some kind of insecurity. Yeah. Whereas with you, I don't think it was necessarily something that you kind of opened yourself up to originally. So it must be weird to be put in those situations where everyone knows who you are, like especially going to those PAs and stuff, like being on stage and everything else. Yeah, it's, it's hard, man. I still do PAs now. Oh, really? Yeah, weird. DJing ones or? Yeah, D well, I do have a few DJing meet and greet things, yeah, but like, I don't know, I still find it weird that I'm getting booked for them, man. That's See, there's, mad. There's like newbies now, like let them have it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying no, like, but. But to be fair though, you were like the OG of doing like, but when people used to come out of Love Island, like, especially for the guys, the biggest like money earner was doing all mm. the PAs and everything else. And I remember you were just booked up like for weeks, well, for months. And I'm, I'm, that's mad that you're still doing them. Yeah, it's still, it's weird. But at the same time, it's a common theme that seems to be running across this podcast with my guests is that people have been in the limelight and stuff they seem to kind of revert to, to drinking and alcohol to kind of deal with that mm. kind of pressure and i also think with me and you alex we come from um, a generation where we all socialize just around drinking yeah, and, par yeah, and partying definitely. i know you went more to like the rave scene and everything else yeah but do you feel like now there's a bit of a new wave now where people are kind of moving away from that I mean, I hope so. I mean, like you said, like you know when uh, Liv was pregnant, obviously she couldn't drink. So when we was going to events, I wasn't drinking. Mm. And the anxiety chilled out a little bit mm. because we thought it was the 
the drink that was helping us get through them situations of feeling uncomfortable when that was the thought of, that was making us, us worse. Mm. It was like the anticipation, you know, the anticipation feeling when you don't know where the night's going to go. Mm. But when you have a drink, you know you're going to end up messing it up and then being hungover for three days. Mm. Um, I feel like that was where it went for me. I feel like it's a good thing that people are doing, man. Like there's more to life than socialising in that way. So, Where do you think that anxiety comes from then? Do you know what? Yeah, pe people could say like, I'm confident, whatever. It's not. I just like pretend I am when I walk into a room. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like that thing where you fake it till you make it kind of thing. Mm. If you pretend you're confident, it's going to show. But then as soon as, say, even before coming here today, I'm like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Before I DJ, I don't want to mess up in front of everyone. I have this catastrophic thinking. Mm. And I've always been like that. But yeah, I don't let it beat me. Do you know what mm. I mean? I've just got to get up and go and do my thing. Like, so. Mm. Do you think it's a case of kind of reframing it? So instead of calling it anxiety, is it excitement? Like I'm sat here now, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm doing this. I know you really well. I'm in my own domain and I should be just like chilled and confident, but there's a level of I need to just chill for a minute. Yeah. And because I think I'm excited. Yeah. And I think if you can channel that into the right format, it's a good thing. I don't really know the background to, to anxiety and everything else, but it seems to be something that everyone's struggling with. And I don't know if it's to do with social media, if it's to do with everyone kind of comparing each other all the time on social media where you never think you're good enough because you always think someone's doing something better than you yeah. or you've got that imposter syndrome. That, yeah, that's that's a big thing. I mean, with social media, yeah, I feel like it's got its pros and its cons, mm. which like so is everything at the end of the day. Like I've deleted Twitter, like I've gone off it. Like I don't like looking at it. I'll sit on it for 20 minutes and then even if there's like a video of like a cute little puppy, yeah, mm. there'll be comments about the most random thing and it's disgusting and it annoys mm. you. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I reading this kind of stuff for? Like yeah. why am I letting this spoil my day kind of thing? Um, and then like with Instagram, I've kind of like, you know, on your explore page when you like certain things, mm. I've made an awareness of like actually liking things that I really, really love so it shows me more. Mm. Because then you, you get shown these things on Instagram and it sticks in your head all day. Then I'll be addicted to my phone, scrolling on mm. it. And that, that causes anxiety to a lot of people. So. Yeah, I would say honestly, Alex, like my phone is my biggest vice in life. Like all of what I do is just get away from my phone. Yeah. And it's like I'm almost addicted to it. I think it's definitely to do with social media. For example, I woke up um, the other day and one of my posts didn't do that well, right? Yeah. And it's mad how that can still influence how my mood is for <laughs> the start of the day. Because you basically sometimes draw a correlation between your value as a person to your value online. Yeah. And for me, especially in this industry as an influencer, because obviously I'm a businessman, but I'm also an influencer because I, I want to make sure that I have a strong platform that can then drive my businesses and everything else. Yeah. It's hard to draw the lines between who you are as a person behind closed doors and your value as that person, but then also that person you are on social media. And I'll be honest, Alex, like I've always looked at you, like because you were on the same series as me, you've got more followers than me. Mm. Um, you've got more engagement than me. I respected you and everything yeah. else. I looked up to you, but I, I always thought, what's he doing different? Like you, you do compare yourself yeah. to other people. I'm sure there's people that you compare yourself to going. And also over time, and we both know this, when your relevance dies down and everything else, that kind of comes... Yeah, it does dip. Mine's dip mine's dipped a lot anyway, but that's the problem, man. You need to stop doing that. You need mm. to stop comparing yourself to everyone. I know it's so easier said than done. Like I know it is it, easier said than done, but like like I said, like you know when you said you're addicted to your phone? I reckon 75% of every, the population are addicted mm. to the phone. Like Liv has been having a go at me recently for being on my phone too much. Like... My New Year's resolution, I've never really done one, but it was to be on my phone less. And it was kind of like, now I've got my baby boy, like... 
sometimes I'd be feeding him when I have my phone in my hand and I'm like, what am I doing? Just put your phone down. Mm. And I'd lose myself in my phone. I'd be at the top of the stairs, walking down the stairs. I'd check my phone, put it in my pocket. By the time I've reached the bottom of the stairs, I'd be on my phone again. Mm. And I feel like like just having your phone is just like the worst thing. Like I feel like you need to keep your business with your business and then like your personal life for your personal, just put your phone away at certain times. Yeah, 100%. It's weird you say that because I was on my phone last night and my dog was like circling me with a ball. Just like look at me going, like basically, will you play with me? Yeah. I've been at work all day. Yeah. And I just had to have a moment, put my, launch my phone away. I'm just going to literally be in a moment for a minute with my dog and that. <laughs> That's what I did. But, I, when it, but when we talk about anxiety and we talk about mental health and everything else, I genuinely believe it's because we are so connected, like too connected. I think as human beings, we shouldn't be as connected as we are. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, it, and you never kind of get that time to just be on your own and, and, and sort of reflect on your own value as a person away from yeah. social media and stuff. Do you feel like, you've got a good balance between that, basically who you are at home mm. as an individual, but also who Alex Bowen is online. I try and keep it the same way. Mm. Like I say what I want to say online, like I say what I want to say in my real life, because I don't know, I just always want to be my authentic self. And if someone does like it, then that's them. Mm. It's their opinion in it. Do you mm. know what I mean? So have you ever experienced any kind of like trolling? You, you've always been well loved in the social media world. And, and to be honest, I've been quite fortunate especially from Love Island, whoever was doing the editing did us a good job. But <laughs> yeah, some, some people go on that show though and can be ruined overnight. Yeah. Like, And I've not really experienced too much like trolling and stuff like that, but have you ever, ever had any kind of comments and stuff that have kind of got to you or? Yeah, I mean, like what I said earlier about when I lost all that weight, when I was doing my PA, someone, like I had a real bad body dysmorphia. Like I've always felt like I've been skinny. And I know I'll say that and people are like, oh, whatever, but I've always been like that. And the gym... Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second, we need to talk about this. So bear in mind, if anyone hasn't seen Alex, he's like built like a brick shit out. <laughs> and he's probably got the best physique I've actually ever seen in real life. And it's interesting you say that though. So you've got an insecurity around your body Yeah, that's body why size. I go to the gym or yeah. else I wouldn't go. Right, okay. Do you know what I mean? I feel like every lad that goes to the gym feels like that. Mm. Um, but I'm trying to get away from it a lot more now. Like with the, you know, with my running and stuff, I kind of just did bodybuilding and that kind of training for years to look good, but never really be able to perform well or whatever. And now, now I've started doing my running and that, I've kind of like felt I needed the balance between perform aesthetics and performance kind of thing. Mm. And that's helped me like not care about as what I look like as much. Mm. It's interesting you say this as well, because for any lad like to hear you say that would be like, wow, like how can he, he not sort of like back his physique and everything else? But I think it comes back to like just human nature. Is it an element that we all just do doubt ourselves? Yeah. And like, is that just normal? Like in terms of always wanting more. But I want to get to the point where I'm just so confident in my own skin. Like you said before, it's like there's an element of me that is confident. Yeah. But then there's, there's also loads of insecurities running around all the time as well. Do you think that's kind of normal? Um, I feel like everyone's got their insecurities no matter what. Because you always want what you can't have. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So say if I was training, I'd like i want to get my arms bigger, for example. And then I'd be like, oh, once I've got that done, oh, I want to get my legs bigger now. You never stop. like, mm. And that, like that's what I wanted to bring up, actually. So do you know when you look at these like business pages and stuff like that, mm. and like you see like setting yourself goals and all mm. that kind of stuff, like that could be like a real bad thing for anxiety as well. Mm. Because like, I feel like a lot of people don't really like live in their wins a lot. Mm. So do you know, say like, for someone that creates like a clothing brand or something, mm. I'd be like, oh, I want to make my first 500K. Then once they do that, I want to make my first million or mm. something like that. Um, like once they've reached that 500K, they're onto the next goal without living in the win and being more present. And I feel like that's what I've been trying to do recently. Since I've had my baby boy and that as well, I've been trying to be more present in my life and be away from all that kind of mm. stuff. So. That's so weird you just said that, mate, because I've got my business coach meeting after this, right? 
And I know I'm going to go in there, right? It's so weird with my business coach. I love him. But it's like, if things are going well, he'll knock me back down to say, you need to go more. Like, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. he's a coach, right? That's what he's got to do. But when things are going shit, he'll, be, like, he'll pick me up. Yeah. But I'm like, I just want to go in today and just say, do you know what, David? Like, I, I don't feel like driving. I just, I, I don't feel like driving, driving all the time. Yeah. Like, got to a point where I've got a pretty solid, good life. And yeah. I just want to basically enjoy what I've got and do things from a place of passion but I'm always feeling like I'm not good enough and not, that's not to do with my business coach by the way because yeah, he's, yeah. he's been amazing getting to where I am but it's that point you made now where it's like, like do I why do I need to go and chase all this crazy success when does it stop exactly when do you stop thinking like that mm. do you know what I mean like all, like the past years really really been an eye opener for me like becoming a dad and obviously losing my friend at the same time like roughly the same time it's just made me want to be just more present within my life and just enjoy my friends and my family more. Do you mm. know what I mean? And I'll set myself a goal and I'll reach it and then I'll go away for two weeks and I don't know, I'll just spend two weeks on a holiday with my family or whatever and like reaping the, the, the victory and the rewards and whatever and then I'll set another goal. Mm. But then I see like all these people online and they're like, you need to do this and once you've reached that, you need to reach the next one. Like when you're actually enjoying yourself, you need mm. to enjoy the process as well. Mm. It's with enormous pride that I welcome British Triathlon as my brand new official sponsor for Series 3 of Learning As I Go. So as some of you may have already heard, I am taking on a sprint triathlon in Sunderland on the 29th of July and I want you to come with me. A sprint triathlon involves a 750 meter swim, a 20k bike ride and a 5k run. And trust me, I've never been on a road bike in my life and I've not swam in years. So I'm definitely a little bit nervous, so that's completely normal. But this is something that I wanna take on and I want you to come with me because it's all about coming out of your comfort zone. British Triathlon will get you all the details you need alongside a training pack as soon as you signed up. So don't miss out on this. Get yourself signed up, try something new and use my discount code LEARNING25 to get your discount off the race. And let's see this out together in Sunderland on the 29th of July. Honestly, mate, like, I know we're going to talk about Joe now. I remember his face popping up in all your stories, all your videos, everything. He was always with you and Liv. And mm. then when I saw it on your story, I couldn't actually believe it, like, what had happened. So obviously, Joe took his own life. Mm. And he was your best friend since when, like, since what age? Uh, I think I was about 18, 19, wow. I think. He got me on my job scaffolding, actually. Wow. Yeah, it was really, really close, man. So talk me through that, like, was there any kind of insight into how he was feeling? Was he always battling with his mental health? Yeah, well, he kind of went through it before and then there was like, he kind of got through it. <clears throat> um, and then there was like a, a tipping point and something else happened and he, he was kind of all right, well, we thought he was. We've like lost, we lost Joe and then in our group of friends, like there's been people that they know that have lost someone. So our group's normally good at checking in with each other. Mm. Um, but yeah, we just it was too late, I guess. Like, and it was in the six month span, I had the highest thing ever of my life of having my baby boy, and then a few months later, my best friend takes his own life, and it was kind of like I don't know. This is the first time I spoke about it as well, so it's pretty like I don't know. Hit pretty raw, yeah. I, I can't, I can't even imagine. Uh, well, to be fair, I can kind of imagine because I've I've lost friends over mm. the last few years, and I think someone said to me in a sauna once. We were talking about losing one of our friends in Manchester, suicide. And when this old guy turned around to me and went, Do you know what, Scott, get used to it. When you get to the, when you start getting to your 30s, it's a, a massive problem. And it, and it kind of raised a lot, a lot of awareness around mm. it for me because I was like, but obviously with you that's, you, that's your best friend. So talk to me about your relationship. What was Joe like and, and how did, was your friendship? Do you know what? Yeah, Joe was one of them people that would say he's not turning up 
to the event or your house party or whatever you have and then he'll turn up. Do you okay. know what I mean? He was just the best person. Anything you needed. Like I remember before I had before I went into Love Island, like he'd lend me money, like he'd mm. come fix my car if my car broke down. Mm. Like if you needed something doing, he would be there. He would always be the center of attention, but you'd always laugh at him. He'd always put a smile on your face if he was there. And he was he was just like the best person. Um and yeah, it was just I don't know, it was just the hardest thing that I've ever I remember like when I got told, I just remember dropping my phone on the floor and then I just give leave my phone and we've got like all country fields at the back and I just went on like a three hour walk, just crying my eyes up like it was like the worst thing I've ever had to go through. A lot of the time it's the people who you don't expect who are yeah. struggling the most. Was he always that kind of character or? He was always that kind of character, but then when he was like always high, he'd have his lows as well. But then mm. we kind of knew when he was annoyed or pissed off about something because they're like the indicators. But then we actually, we literally thought he was fine. And that was what makes it, that's what made it so hard. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because he kind of, it kind of happened before and he, like he got through it and we thought that was it. Mm. Um, but we just lost sight that it could happen again, I guess. I can't even comprehend how difficult that's been. But obviously you've channeled all that energy now mm. from losing your friend into doing something good um, for other people and raising a lot of awareness around it. So you're taking on loads of different challenges now. So I've seen you talk about this. You're taking on, is it a free peak challenge? You're yeah. doing tough mudders. You doing, is it a marathon you're doing? Or? Yeah, do you know, I've got a, my first half marathon as well. I'm not a runner either. Do you know no, what you're, mean? no, you're so not. I'm just You've getting, always been a weight guy, Yeah, right? I'm just getting into it now. Um, but yeah, it's all leading up to a 24-hour constant run around the West Midlands. Uh, and then we're going to end at Joe's mom's house on the 24th hour. Um, so you're going to end by doing a 24-hour run? So it's a 24-hour constant run. Wow. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna I mean, be difficult. Honestly, I know you, Alex. Like you don't like you didn't. Well, you never used to like cardio, right? Yeah. So this is you proper like taking yourself out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And you're doing this with Birmingham Mind. Yeah, Birmingham Mind. Yeah, they're the charity I'm doing. They do amazing work there. I went and visited all the offices, and they've showed us like where all the money's going to be going to, and how it's going to help their cause. Um, but yeah, do you know what? It's kind of it, I'm obviously doing all the videography for it and recording it all. So I'm going to spread as much awareness as I can and raise as much money. But then it's also helping me as well. Mm. Like ever since I've started running, yeah, like sometimes I don't even run with my headphones in. I've just been like listening to myself breathe and my footsteps and just thinking about stuff. And it's like it's like therapy for me in a way. And I feel like this has just changed the way I look at things. And I, just, I know I feel more rewarded. I feel like I've got more of a purpose now. It's mm. really helped me in that way. What are you saying to yourself then when you're on these runs and you're thinking about Joe? Like... What are you saying to him? Like, I just say it's uh, well. The, what we set up is just it's just called for Joe. Right. I see it all one word, and every time I feel like I'm dying, I just feel like I'm, this is for Joe. This is for Joe. That's so, it. That kind of. That's all I say to myself for Joe. Yeah. Actually, Alex Cannon, who runs Crafted, is actually getting me um, a necklace done for all the marathons. It says for Joe on it, so oh, I can keep that. that close to my heart. Like so that'll be good. Yeah. That's amazing, man. But I'm just thinking, like, obviously, I know that you're a great friend to Joe and you would have been there for him in so many different ways. Is there anything that you would have, have liked to have said to him that you didn't get a chance to say to him? Nah, do you know what? Like, everyone knows what I'm like now. I'm an emotional person. I'm always, like, giving people hugs, like, telling them I love them and whatever. And he knows that I loved him, man. He knows that what I would have... I've, I always said it to him, do you know what I mean? We was actually supposed to be going out the week later. Mm. That was, like, a hard thing. So I was like, I thought he was fine. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, I just know that he's not hurting anymore, thinking about his nan or whatever was whatever he was going through. So that just makes it a little bit easier. So, mm. And what would you say to someone who is struggling right now? 
what would be your advice to, to that person who's going through something tough right now? Just talk, man. Like, mm. I'm not saying it's going to help. Do you know what I mean? But what's what's the harm in trying? Like, there's always been this stigma around men not being able to speak to each other. And obviously, as I said before, in our friend group, um, it's because we've lost, like, a couple of people. We do check in on each other. Mm. But, like, you know what it's like in a lads group chat. Everyone just rips the piss out of each other. But that's, like, a coping mechanism as well. And that mm. does help. I'm not saying don't do that because that's what gets lads along. Yeah. But then, like, if you see, like, one of your friends, like, so their mood changes slightly, whether they're sad, they're upset, like, they're irritable, like, just pissed off. But just ask them, like, there's, like, a three-text rule, what you say, and it's like, are you okay? And if they say, I'm fine, then you say, no, are you really okay? Then they've got the option then to say, like, oh, this is, this is like, their little secret code to say, like, oh, he's actually asking me if I'm all right. Yeah, I love that. And it's funny you say that because in the lads' group chats, we always do come for each other. And then I think as you're getting older, you're becoming a little bit more sensitive. I, I, I was giving it to Scott Sasha the other day and he gave it me back and got very personal. But then he texted me outside the group going, I love you, mate. Yeah, you know that's what, what you need. That's what you need. That's but, exactly what we're like. Yeah, it's almost like a little bit, it's almost like our own therapy. Like yeah. we, we actually sometimes show affection by ribbing each other, but then as yeah. long as you check in and make sure that- Exactly, you've just got to do it both ends, that's why. Yeah, but it's incredible what you're doing. Like Because for you, Alex, as well, to be kind of, like I said, it's like you've almost, you're growing as a person. Like the mm. galaxy I knew when you first come into Love Island Villa, for example, was quite shy in a way. And now I see you like, you're speaking on your platform and you're speaking with like authority and, and with passion and you're coming out of your comfort zone yeah. in order to to spread this message. Mm. Um, and it's clear, it's clear that it's actually helping you, like you said as well. And I think it's admirable as well. So if people wanted to kind of donate and get involved, how did you do that? So all the link is in my bio and stuff. If you watch my stories or follow me, you can just click the link and donate there. But like a lot of people is like, donating like five, 10, 15 pounds. And I'm like, you haven't got to do that. Just donate a pound. There's mm. like how many followers on my page. If all of them just did one pound, it'd mm. be a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, you just click the link in my bio and mm. just go straight there. And one thing I really like about you as well, Alex, is that you're, you're honest as well. Like I saw you post something the other week on your story saying you woke up, you felt like shit. You didn't really mm. want to get up and do any running today or anything like that. And you, yeah. you kind of share those those lows as well as the highs. And I think it's, it's so important because like you said, people will put people like yourself, especially young guys, put you on a pedestal. Think he's, mm. He wakes up every day and everything's amazing. He's got this big, beautiful house and da-da-da. When in actual fact, in reality, it's completely normal to have a down day. Yeah. And I think sometimes, as as human beings, we put so much pressure on being happy all the time, especially yeah. from what you see in social media. Like you said before, on social media, you're not going to post the shit moments. No, exactly. You don't really do that. I think it's becoming a bit more of a trend now because of mental health and everything else, yeah. but it's just a highlight reel. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, yeah, like, if I never posted that I was having a down day, like, I, I know what you're on about. I said that I was, I, was, I, was in, I was in the car and I just started crying in the car and I was like, what's the matter with me, like? And I couldn't even bring myself to walk in the gym. I just had a proper down day. And if I never spoke about that, and I'm just trying to share this message about men to speak, I'd mm. be a hypocrite, like. Mm. Like, I, like you said, like, obviously, I've found my way and found my purpose now. Like, I've had this platform for, what, six years to do, like, Instagram or all the paid posts for personal gain or for personal life and that, and I've never really done anything for charity or whatever, and it's took my best friend to die to kick me up the arse to do something good, like. Mm. So that's what I want to do. I want to I wanna make a change, like. I want to help as many men as I can, like. So would you say that you actually have found your purpose now, then? 
Yeah, this is what I'm going to do for indefinitely. Do you know what I mean? I'm just going to spread as much awareness as I can, try and raise as much money as I can to help the cause, and that's it. Mm, Even if that. I help one person a year, one man a year, and he messages me saying, what you spoke about helped me, that's a win. Mm. Do you know what I mean? 100%. And I think with you, Alex, as well, one thing that's always shone through is that you've always been driven, but I envy you because... When you create a new business like the clothing brand or your fitness app or even like now DJing, because I remember when you first started DJing in your house, I watched the journey, right? <laughs> I watched this guy literally bought some decks and he said, I'm going to like um, teach myself how to DJ. You're in your house and it's almost like I was watching you do it. And now I've seen you at gigs like performing in front of like hundreds of people and it's like, wow, this guy like, you just seem to do stuff from a place of passion. Yeah. And then if it works out as a career, yeah, then it works out. And if it doesn't, it doesn't like, do you feel like it, that's the best way to kind of create a career for yourself by just doing by the things that you love? Yeah. I th do you know what? I've always been, if I'm doing something, I'm all in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I did like the clothing brand thing. I've actually got rid of my clothing brand now. It's gone. Um, I just felt like it was time to let go of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I've lost my love for it. But like, that's what I mean. Like, I've never really lost from it. I've learned from it. I know that's not what I want to do in the future. And then I've done my DJ thing. That's something I was did it as a hobby. And then obviously I've got work from it, so I'll get work from it. The fitness thing, that's the summit I want to go down. But I feel like you've got, you have got to put your all into it, but it's not easier said than done for everyone. Mm. Like, so like if I was still scaffolding, I won't be able to do half the stuff that I've done now. Mm. So I'm just grateful that... I had the leeway and the opportunity to go on Love Island and then have this life I've had to start pursuing my passions a lot more. So, mm. But I feel like you've been successful, though, because you've stayed true to yourself. Even on, on Love Island, you didn't try and be someone you weren't. You were just you and people fell in love with that person. Yeah. And I think kind of authenticity and, and being you always, always ends up winning for you. Mm. And I think sometimes, even with my own career, I think because I've been good at something, or whatever else, I've kind of gone down that path and you just, you just yeah. when it actually doesn't necessarily make you happy. Like yeah. I remember when I was a, a party boy, that's what I did for a living. I was good at it. I was good at being the, the craziest guy in the room and everything else. You saw that, to be fair though. Alex was never a big fan of the Scottish special because <laughs> I was a lunatic. But because I was good at it, I kind of went, right, I'm going to go all in on this. Yeah. And actual fact, it's about taking a step back and going, actually, what makes you happy? Yeah. And what do you do for you? Because sometimes, like someone asked me recently, like Scott, like, what, what are your hobbies like? What do you love doing? And, and I couldn't really answer the question because everything mm. I do is like a means to an end. Yeah. Every second of my day has to be productive. If I'm listening to a podcast, it's got to be something that's going to give me value. I don't really listen to comedic podcasts. Yeah, um, see, I'm the opposite way. That's what I'm saying. All but, I listen to is comedic podcasts. Exactly. But I watch your stuff and I see like you've just built this new cinema room and I'm thinking, he just like, he loves it. And you game and you did a bit of gaming at one yeah, point. Yeah, and, well, I started streaming and doing that. Online yeah. Well. And that's what I mean. Like you've got to try different things like... Because you're good at something, oh, I'm going to stay with this for the rest of my life. Just try different stuff. Because you, if you don't keep trying different things, you're never going to know what you love. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I listened to, I actually listened to a little bit of a podcast this morning on the way in, and it was just saying, like, you're not going to be here forever. Like, you're not people, we're, we're programmed yeah. to basically think that we work hard now, build a life, and then yeah. at 65, we start living our lives. Exactly. If you look, if you take a step back and think about it, you go, wait a second. Like life is for living now. When we're 65, we're not going to be able to move yeah. as much. We're not going to be able That's to... That's what I'm saying about being more present in your life. Just yeah. enjoy it. Like you said, you're going to get to your, your business yeah, coaches yeah. here. And obviously, he's going to tell you to keep striving for new things all the time. Like just enjoy yourself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Have a little time for yourself. Yeah, I'm just at that point now where... Like, that's one thing that I look up to to you. When I, when I follow your stuff, I think he's in his own lane. He's doing what makes him happy. He's not being pressurized by everything else. And it's kind of like, you seem balanced... Yeah. that's what it is 
you seem balanced to me. Like you still do your training. You've got a family life. Mm. Like for me now, I don't know how I'd fit in a missus or, or, or a kid or anything because I'm so, I'm almost quite selfish in pursuing my own goals. Whereas you seem yeah. to have different pockets of your life that are kind of all in rotation. Would you say that you are balanced? I am pretty balanced, yeah. It's like, you know what? I just want to go over that again, what you yeah. said about when you was checking your videos and stuff like that, about yeah. like your likes and yeah, really yeah. annoyed you. Like, just don't care about what, don't yeah. care about stuff like that, bro. Just mm. like, just put out what you want to put out. It's like I was saying, like, it's not always got to be about a business related thing. Like, mm. you know, the DJ stuff. When I put a video like that on, it barely gets any likes because all the people that followed me followed me from the Love Island way. I don't care. Like, I'm doing it because I love it. Do you generally not care though? I like, couldn't, really? honestly. Really? Over the past year or whatever, I don't know what it is. I just couldn't care less. In mm. five years, yeah. Like, obviously, all my work and that does go through my Instagram. And obviously, I want to push my fitness business and it all comes through that. But if I could get rid of my Instagram, I would, like. Mm. I'd be happy just living in my oh. house, right? I have my baby boy. I have another kid. Me and Liv just sit down, chill. And then I'd just get a job, like, and just relax, like. That's what, that's what I'd be happy yeah. and content, like. That's, that's a good point, because I say to people, if you don't have to be on social media, don't be. Yeah. Like, it, it sounds daft, like, I, I respect social media because of what it's done for me and my career, and it's helped me build platforms and build yeah, communities definitely. and everything else. But if I didn't need to be on there, I most likely wouldn't be, because yeah. I feel like it consumes too much of my time. So it's something that I'm always trying to kind of work on. People keep trying to get me onto TikTok, and I'm like, I don't care about TikTok. Oh, really? Yeah, people are like, why well, are you not on there? You are mad? you not on there, though? No. Nah. Talk to me about growing up then, because obviously you are a mummy's boy. I know that. I hope yeah. you don't mind me saying it. Um, you're very close with your stepdad. I love that how you much you you you, you love him to bits. What's his name? Uh, Mitch. Mitch. Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen him posted so many times over the years. <laughs> He's funny. What was what was it like growing up? So obviously your mum was in your life, mm. but I know, um, for example, I never heard anything really about your dad as well. Yeah. Like, so what was it like growing up with kind of that difficult kind of upbringing because your mum was there but then your dad wasn't I don't really know the but full that's the and thing like, like the way you phrase that it wasn't difficult for right, me okay. I don't know any different do you okay. know what I mean my mum raised me to be respectful like she taught me my values my granddad was my father figure growing up and then my mum met Mitch like many years later so it was always just me and my mum pretty much but yeah, like I've, I can't miss something that I've never had. Do you mm. know what I mean? And my real dad, like I've never, I'd know who he is, but I've never really seen him, never met him. But like some of the stuff he'd done to my mom, I, I mean, I'd never repeat. Like he's just like disgusting mm. human being kind of thing. And he's probably the reason why I've always wanted to kind of be a dad mm. because I know that I've never had one. And that's why I always wanted a kid straight away. So, but growing up was just like, I don't know. I had everything that I ever wanted. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm. And, my mum, I, I feel like I've turned out okay, like, so my mum's done a good job, so, yeah. But wait a second, Alex, and this is something I can't really comprehend, like, because I, at one point, my dad wasn't in my life for six years, mm. and it was horrible knowing that he was out there, but he didn't really want anything to do with us. It was a bit of a weird feeling. Yeah. And, I, and I, growing up, I know now it wasn't that he didn't want anything to do with us, there was different reasons, everything mm. else, but you just said then that you know who your dad is, he's out there, it's your flesh and blood. yeah. Are you not curious about getting to know him in any way? No way at all. That's but mad. I'd say that to a yeah, lot of people really? and they're like, that is mad. Yeah. I couldn't care less. I've had a great life. I'm I'm happy like I don't need someone. I I know what he's done. I know stuff about him that could make your skin crawl kind of thing. So it's kind of like it wouldn't bother me at all. Wow. Yeah. So I suppose like through knowing about your dad, it's kind of channeled you to be a better dad 
for Abel as well. Yeah, like, and yeah. I, I, I don't even have to see you and Abel. I just know because of the person you are that you're an incredible dad. And it seems to be a common trend, like with people who haven't had necessarily the best dads, mm. that they end up being the yeah. best dads out there. Yeah, because you, you, you want that. I mean, in a way, like, obviously, I never really cared about seeing my dad, but obviously you'd want to grow up and you'd think about what would life be like if I had a dad. And I think that kind of like helped me think about how I want to be a dad mm. when I, I actually have a son. And now I've got one. It really is just like the best experience ever. Mm. And now he's changing every single day and he's like developing a personality. It's just like, I don't know, there's no feeling like it. What's it like actually being in like a full-blown family now like because it must be weird because even now I still look at you as Alex Bowen walking around the villa with a Jim King hat on little shorts and that like do you know what I mean and now you're like a proper family man like what how has life changed like I said man I feel like I just feel older like yeah I don't know I need a bit of Botox is that why you're dressing in Reese today yeah, now maybe though? maybe I'm channeling my oldness um but now I just I don't know I feel like like I said I just like an easy life mm. kind of thing and like having a family that's what I always wanted but yeah, Liv, Liv wasn't really up for having kids for a while. It was weird just after the first lockdown. We went to, you could actually travel away. We went to Portugal. And the last day, the kids was there on half term. And there was like, it was quite all week. And around the pool, kids was running around the pool. And Liv's like, normally, oh, I just want to chill, relax, be quiet. And then she just tapped me on the shoulder and went, I'm ready to have a kid. And I just started crying. I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm like, I was so happy. I was like, come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Wow, because you've always wanted a kid, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, always wanted a kid. Like, yeah. Where and do then, you think that comes from? I don't know. I just always loved the thought of like having a little lad or a little girl or whatever, like teaching values, like growing up, taking in football or her football or whatever she wants to do. And yeah, yeah and that's interesting because I, I saw Liv actually. She used to post a lot on social media, going, "Guys, I'm not ready to have a kid yet." Like she felt a little bit of pressure sometimes from yeah. social media because, like, how how old was she when she had Abel? She like twenty. Eight? 28, which isn't even old, but yeah, at the same time, is because you guys have been together for a certain amount of time. I remember kind of like talking quite vocally on social media, guys, I'm just like, I'm not ready to have a kid yet. When it happens, yeah. it happens. And I respect that. So, did she feel the pressure then? Well, you know, it's, that's the thing with social media, and it like a lot of people say things like they say, when you're having a kid, but like they're not really thinking about that question. Like, you shouldn't really ask people that because imagine if Liv couldn't have kids. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, that's why Liv used to get really like triggered about that question, because Liv, Liv will be ready when she's ready. And there's certain parts of our life that we wanted to keep private or whatever. And like when you're getting people ask you the same question all the time, like what's the the next step is kids, it just gets a little bit boring. Like, but we know it comes from a good place. Like, but. Mm. that's interesting, though, know, because when I turned, I think it was 33, like I just felt like everybody was on my case about. Now it was all right up until that point. It was almost like from society's... You set a stage. Yeah, society's expectations. I think what it was for me is because they knew that I'd been on a journey and I've, I used to be like a bit of a, a Scottish special, like live that crazy lifestyle. The fact that I've got myself into a stable position, I think there was an expectation like that's next. And I'm like, listen, first of all, I need to meet someone before I have yeah. kids. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can't have the egg without the chicken. That, did I say it in the right way? I think so. Um, <laughs> is that right? That is right. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's weird, isn't it? Like expectations of like how you should live your life. Like then before I said, do you think it was a bit early when you got married? And you're like, no. You were like, I've, I've, it felt right. Like, yeah. And I think sometimes we are living like a textbook kind of life that we think everybody expects from us. Yeah, but there's no norm now. Mm. Like when my nana granda got married, they got married straight out of high school. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That was a normal thing to do. Mm. Now, like, because of all dating websites and like, 
obviously it's easier access to people. A lot more people cheat and split up, and mm. it's easy to get divorces and stuff. Mm. Like, like life's completely different there. Mm. And how's Liv now as a mum? Like in terms of how she coping? She smashes it, man. Yeah, I knew she would though. Mm. Even though she was never really like into like having a kid. Like I said to her, when you do, you'll I know what you're gonna be like, and she's the best man. Mm. She is. She is. Tell me the secrets, Alex. Right. <laughs> Tell me the secrets in this day and age, right, in this world we live in, for a couple to stay together, right, as you have, beautiful people, you're in the social media world, everything else, and you can just tell, like, you don't even have to tell me, you just, you're still madly in love. I'm guessing it takes work and everything else. But what is the secret to a happy marriage? Um... Maybe me pulling my weight a little bit more in the house, I reckon. <laughs> I saw that story of a day. Yeah, maybe me pulling my weight a bit. Do you know what? You've just got to work at it every single day. Nothing that's good is easy, comes mm. easy. Do you know what I mean? But do you know what? Like, I feel like you have, you are connected to just one person, I think. And I feel like I was lucky enough to find Liv. Even though it was on that show. Like, you know when I'm with Liv? Say, like, we could be sitting there watching a film not even talking to each other. And I'm, just because I know she's there, I feel comfortable. Mm. If I'm down about something, she's the first person I text. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I feel like we just, we've just we just got that mad connection. But like, we have our ups and downs and we just like, we just always work for them. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And we just, you want that journey together. So Yeah, it's like, it's like, I think you genuinely are like soulmates and, Every now and then I, I scroll back to um, some old episodes and stuff and, and, I, and I just see you. Do you watch it? Yeah. Um, Sometimes only. <laughs> I've never watched it, bro. Do you know what? No Every now and then I'll just scroll back just purely because I feel like I'm over it. But then you watch it back and you go, and everyone's just going, Scott's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, okay, this is a bad episode. Move on. <laughs> um, but now, um, I do watch, you know what? I do look back on it because it's mad to see how much. I've matured since then and yeah. how much I've changed. Yeah, but, but also, mate, like being in that villa for six weeks, no phones, beautiful people coming in and out and everything else. Like, yeah. food it was in amazing. A, your food is in the larder. Like, yeah. we used to have our food delivered to us. Yeah. Like, it, it was a, one of the best experiences of my life. And it's just created this life for us now. And I'm still using, I'll never be forgotten. For, to be fair, though, actually, a few people have said recently, I didn't even know that you did Love Island, which is amazing because for so many years, I wanted to get away from that tagline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now, I think it's almost a little bit more because people have come out and done some great things, like and, and have great careers, like your likes of like yourself and Josh Denzel and like Molly May and everything else. It's kind of a little bit more respected to even have that tagline. So I'm I'm kind of proud of it now because it's yeah. led me to where I am. But there was a time when it was like it was seen as not credible and you need to get away from it. But it's opened up so many doors for me in business and and, and everything yeah. else. And I've created some good friendships as well. And that's the thing, though, man. You, you've got to use it as a platform. Mm. like you know when people say oh that everyone goes on the show now for the wrong reasons what's the wrong reason mm. like what because to not to find love like i don't go on there to find love i went on there for a suntan and just see what happened mm. like let people just try and get on the show and do what they want to do if they want to do it for a career standpoint better themselves better their lives better their families then do it like so mm. what's next for you then so obviously you've started djing and i can see you getting booked now for some big gigs and stuff like yeah. what is what does the next five years look like for you i'm guessing what you're gonna say is you don't even have a plan <laughs> um do you know what i haven't actually got a plan like i'm just focusing on the dj stuff i do because i love right um but like i said there's that stigma around the love island thing i'm trying to shake that because the music i play like i have to kind of like prove myself a little bit more i um, ah, see what i mean there though see what i'm saying like in terms of people could like look at you and go 
or he's just got this gig because he's an ex-Love Islander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the actual route you're trying to go down, you're, you're trying to go down the credible route, you're yeah, trying exactly. to be like taken seriously in that yeah, space. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to work harder at it, right? Yeah, definitely, yeah. So obviously there's that. Um, I'd love another baby. Yeah, wow. when lives ready. Yeah, wow. I'd love a little girl. You'd have a whole army of kids though, wouldn't you? I don't know, man. It's hard work. <laughs> it's hard work, bro. Um, now nah, I'd love like two kids. And do you know what? Yeah, in five, say in five years, I'd love to just like the house that we got now, just like keep that for a while. And then when the kids are old enough, just downsize, buy a house abroad, buy a little house, like size down a little bit and enjoy my life. Like That's what, what I want to do. Like just an easy, simple life. Oh, mate, I envy you, you know. Do you know what? I think you've got it. I think you've got it just right, mate. I think mm. that's the reason why I look up to you. I look at you and go, wow, he just looks like he's flowing through life. And and do you know what? You're attracting good things into your life. People want to work with you. People want to book you for the brand, book you for the gig because you're just attracting that energy into your life and you're doing it effortlessly, in, yeah. in my opinion. I say that with a pinch of salt because I know that you, like you said, when you do do something, you throw yourself into it. Yeah. But you do everything from a place of, passion and love you don't kind of sell out who you are and i think yeah. that's something that i really look up to if you're uh, not enjoying it what's the point in doing it like mm. especially if you've got like like i said i'm not working a nine-to-five job it's fairly like fluid so i have got t more time to do stuff that i'm passionate about so why not why not do it mm. is there anything you would say to the younger alex as a piece of advice looking back now is there anything that you wish you would have known you were younger don't rush oh don't rush just be just be present in the time. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the ride that you're on, man. Like I've had, I, since I come out of that show, yeah, I've had the best. How long was it? Seven years. I had the best seven years of my life. Married, that nice house, like baby boy. Like I've just, I've had the best. I've had the best time, man. And like when I was younger, I never really known what I wanted to do. Like I was going to be a PE teacher at one point. I went to uni, got my degree and stuff. And then I was a PT, and then I was scaffold. I never really know what I wanted to do. Um, and I was 24 when I went on the show. And I just think, like to other people out there, you don't need to like stress thinking you've got to have your, your shit together by the time you're like 30. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, it'd be good. But then, like, I don't know, you could, you, as long as you're enjoying your life and you're present with everyone, you've got your family and friends, and that's all you need. So. Oh, such a good point. And you know what? That I needed to hear that myself today. So I think that's a great way to end the episode. And I think one thing that really does shine through with you. Alex, is your appreciation of being present. Mm. And I feel like that could be the life lesson from this, this podcast because I feel like through being present in everything that you do, it's kind of led you to where you need to be. Yeah. I like that. That's that, good, man. That's I a like strong that. rap. Yeah, we'll wrap that Alex, up. man, it's been a pleasure, bro. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Bro. Legend, man. Wow. Sometimes these podcasts and these conversations come just at the right time for me because the biggest life lesson I took from this conversation today was the importance of presence. And Alex just seems to have that in abundance. Every time you're around him, he's just calm, he's in the moment, and he always just follows what he's passionate about and he kind of leads him to success without even trying sometimes. I really respect him today because he's opened up on so many different topics and conversations that I know weren't really comfortable for him, but I know it's gonna help so many people. So I just wanna say a massive thank you, Alex, for being on my podcast and we need to stay in touch a lot more this coming year because I just wanna be around you more, mate. Thank you to everybody who's been supporting the podcast so far. It genuinely means so much to me because I just love doing this and I'm so glad it's helping people. Continue to please follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast because it really does make a difference. And don't forget, if you do want to take on a challenge this year, let's do the sprint triathlon together. The link's going to be in my stories and the episode notes. And also there's a discount code learning25. See you next week for another life lesson with learning as I go.
This podcast was produced by Purposeful Podcasts.